Hey guys, welcome to the Crossways Podcast. We're coming at you live from Holly Hill to Surprise with a brand new episode of the Crossways Podcast. A podcast where we talk about ways we can walk in the way of the cross. I'm your host, Jonathan Germany, and I have with me my friend, Tyler Brassfield. Tyler, how are you doing today? Doing great, Jonathan. How are you doing? Oh, hey, I'm doing well. And, uh, I, you know, today's been... Um, I would say, depending on who you ask, it could be a productive day or it could be not a productive day, which is kind of ironic since we're talking about overcoming laziness. But uh, we weren't exactly lazy today. Uh, today was uh, not an office day. Uh, we went and spent time with some of our teenagers and outside and uh, social distancing, kind of, maybe. Secrets, shh, don't tell our governor. But uh, we went downtown and... Uh, some of our kids were like, do you want to play Pokemon Go? And I was like, oh, oh, you're going to make me play that game again. That was a, a past addiction of mine that makes me be lazy and put off doing work. But sure, I'll start again. And uh, so we, we started doing that. Our intern, we had, I'll see, one, two, three, four, four or five kids with us. So that was real fun. And uh, it's always good when you don't know how many kids were there with you. If you lost one, I don't know. But no, we had a good time walking downtown, and then we threw the frisbee for a little bit after. So we were we were with them from I don't know, about eleven o'clock till five. So so that was a, a fun little day. But uh, how how are things in Texas with ministry and COVID? <laughs> it's too hot outside to be throwing anything around. Oh hey, it was just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, stay inside. There's. I mean, there's video games that you can play without having to go out into the heat with your kids. <laughs> right, let me let me introduce you to Fortnite. It's this. Uh, it'll hardly take up any of your time. Hardly any. I stay away from that kind of game. I, I, I'm more of a Clash of Clans kind of guy because I'm old school. You know, it's uh, not really old school, is it? I, I, I set you up for that. And uh, but hey, guys, I'm glad for those of you who are watching. We're glad you are here. And uh, chime in and let us know how your day's going. And uh, I guess what things, I guess, make you struggle with, with being lazy? Because today that's kind of the topic. And I know, uh, I, I don't know if we're going to have like confession day or, or, or what this is going to end up being for the beginning. But I would say at some point or the other, I think we all somewhat struggle with laziness. And, and uh, or at least all have days where it's where we all struggle some type of not being productive. You know, I, I can remember there's been days, and uh, like I said, it might be confession time, where I, I, I've binge-watched more episodes than I care to admit in 24 hours. And uh, don't do the math, and because uh, you probably will figure it out. But, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Why do you think we are so lazy sometimes? What, what makes us feel like we don't have to do anything? It's easy. Okay, it's easy. <laughs> Works hard. I, I like to be productive, right? I like to be productive. I like to sit there and go, what are the tasks that I can do today and get them all done? And the easiest task is no tasks. Like I was so productive <laughs> today. I set out with a goal of not doing anything, and it was so easy to accomplish. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You know, uh, Candace is in here, and, and she's saying that quarantine makes me lazy. 
and uh, my dad said we froze. If anyone else says we're frozen, please let us know. But that could be your internet, Dad, um, I'd, or your, your Wi-Fi or your data. Check that. But, yeah, I think quarantine has either made some of us really lazy or has or maybe forced us to step outside our comfort zone to, to get stuff done. You know, I know a lot of people are, are working from home right now. And for me, I tell you, I don't know if I could do it. Now, for those of you who know where I live, you're like, well, don't you do that anyway? But it's not exactly like our house or the apartment or anything like that. But for people, you know, I don't know if I could get anything done if I was working from the actual apartment. I think that I would be distracted and I would be lazy because, oh, look, there's the TV in the living room. Oh, look, oh, I have um, snacks to eat up here because the kitchen's just right there. And then before long, you, you end up wasting your time. I think often we end up using maybe even like, you know, or we talked about video games at the beginning. And uh, so we use social media as a way to be lazy. Or maybe it's just, do you feel like maybe we're, we're lazy because of things we put off? Because we, we almost dread having to accomplish a certain task. Is that kind of where laziness comes from? Well, you know, I, I think that sometimes we're lazy without even realizing that we're lazy. Like you brought up social media. I mean, you can sit there and you can comment on so many things. <laughs> and like, I'm, I'm, I'm not being lazy. I'm keeping up with my friends. I'm seeing how they're doing. I'm doing all these different things right here. And it's, it's not being lazy. It's just this is a different kind of productivity that we sit down and so sometimes I think, you know, we're lazy without even realizing it. Oh, yeah. Well, what about the, you know, my, my job is to build relationships with young people. So I have to know what they're doing. I have to know kind of what they're, what, how, what they're invested in, what they're spending their time doing. So I'm just doing research. I'm doing research into people's lives. Uh, <laughs> it takes a lot to figure out how to do some of those dances on TikTok. I don't do dances. Uh, uh, no one wants to see that. Sorry, but, I'm a choreographer. But, you know, but, but if Josh is in here, Josh can tell you all about that. And, uh, man, Josh Fowler likes like likes his TikTok right now. And uh, I was just telling one of our kids the other day, I think Josh has more street cred than I do. And, uh, I mean, it's I'm like, you know what? Stop making me look bad. But, but yeah, we, we like to – Candace saying she gets caught up on Facebook videos because you finish one and it immediately starts another. That's the same thing with Netflix. That, that, you know, I think it has to do with that instant gratification. You know, that mm -hmm. it's just one more thing. For me, what, what ends up happening is I, I lose track of time and I get sucked into something. Because you, you can, you know, when you're on social media or you're watching videos, you don't realize how much time passes. Because we are so sucked into that entertainment. Where, especially for Netflix, by the time I decide, nope, I'm not going to watch another episode. The next episode has already started playing, so then I tell myself, but one more won't hurt. And then when that one ends, especially if it ends on a cliffhanger, you know. And they all do now. Oh. All of them end on a cliffhanger so that you'll keep watching. Oh, Lost was the worst for me. I was like, season two in, in one day? Sure! You know, that's not possible. But actually, no, it wasn't possible. But, you know, it's just one of those, it's just... I think it's part of the lifestyle we have now because of what culture tells us. It's just to do whatever makes you happy. 
And, you know, God does want us to be happy, in fact, you know, in a sense, but he says, I want you to have life and have it abundantly. But is that the same thing as, I guess, having the abundant life and then just doing whatever makes us happy? Because I don't think yeah. it is. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm still hung up on the fact that when I was your age, I had to like watch Lost when it was on TV and like wait a week for the next episode. I didn't get this streaming stuff. Well, see, I didn't, I didn't watch Lost. I, I was old enough to watch Lost. I just wasn't interested when it was on live TV. Oh, okay. And uh, I, I, and then I realized what I was missing out. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you, uh, you, you talk about, you know, kind of this thing, and I, I'm reminded where, uh, you know, Jesus is talking about how people say, oh, I want to follow you, but first let me go bury my father, and then I'll come follow you. Yeah. Or first let me go do this, let me go do that. And when you sit down and you read that stuff, that, that seems like the opposite of being lazy, right? I mean, that's that's what the world – he's tending to matters that are important in the world. He's tending to his family, to his job, to his you know father's funeral arrangements, whether or not you want to say that he's saying, wait until my father dies or this is something that's actually happening. He's just planning a funeral. And Jesus says, well, there's different kinds of things here. There are things that need to take priority, and even if the world says – you can do this thing, and that doesn't mean it late that you're lazy. That Jesus is saying that this is the opposite of that, though. Yeah, and you know, too often, like you said, you know, we fill up our days with tasks that we want to do, and sometimes the and and that's what those people were doing. They were saying, "What you're asking me isn't important enough for me to exert any type of time, effort, or investment into it." But these things over here are. And I think that, you know, like you said, that, that is a form of laziness. You know, I haven't thought about it from that perspective. I've just thought about it as people making excuses and not having the right priorities. But but not having the right priorities is a form of laziness when it comes to kingdom work, when it comes mm -hmm. to serving others. Because when I could be busy doing things that in the house are, are you know, quote, busy, you know, because I think, especially for some of us, and uh, we've perfected the appearance of looking busy while actually accomplishing nothing because we don't want to be viewed as lazy no one wants to think no one wants people to think they're lazy but i would say not everyone desires to actually be busy or actually to be productive and i think being busy and productive are two different things and i think we can be busy and be lazy at the same time and I think you, you kind of mentioned that with the, you know, Jesus was saying all those people who were giving those excuses why they didn't follow him. And, you know, I, I'm looking at some of the Proverbs, and Proverbs is, is filled with warnings against laziness, right? He says, the soul of the slugger craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. You know, we have whoever is slack in his work is a, is a brother to him who destroys, you know, he mentions the, the ant sometimes about, look at the ant, you know, O slugger, consider her ways and be wise. You know, that's from Proverbs, you know, 6 and verse 6. But, but as we're, I guess, discussing laziness, I don't think we really need to spend any more time discussing why laziness is bad. Because I think most of us, especially those who are watching, if you're watching a video titled Overcoming Laziness, 
you probably understand that laziness is bad because you know we want to be productive hopefully or we want to at least be able to fix the the temptation of being lazy so i guess what are some things tyler that that you found and those are who are watching i would love for you to for to comment too what are some things that help us to overcome laziness or maybe not give in to laziness because i think a lot of it i don't think we're really necessarily always lazy on purpose now sometimes we might be but but how, how can we overcome laziness you think you know one of the things i do occasionally and i got to be careful what i say since i know now that candace is watching this you know i don't want her commenting hey you don't do that um but have you ever been told or excuse me asked by your wife to do something <laughs> and later Never. on in the, later on in the day it's still not done yet she goes didn't i ask you to do this and whenever that's happened to me sometimes i say well yeah but i've still got three hours left in the day <laughs> and so there's like I've, I've, I've fully got the idea in my mind that i'm going to go ahead and i'm going to do this but yet it's something where it's like i automatically say well i'm going to do it later i'm going to do it later and so sometimes what I have to see, I told you, she's going to comment on Facebook. <laughs> and so sometimes I don't do this enough, but what I should be doing is not only like making out a list of here are things that need to be done, mm -hmm. but actually putting like time deadlines, like this needs to be done by this time. This needs to be done by this time because it's, if I don't do it, I can push it back further and further and further away. And oh, we yeah. see this. Um, you know, people complained to phone companies over the last few years about how you don't have enough parental controls for my kids on their phones and everything. And so one of the things they did was they start adding in different things on both iPhones, and Android phones, saying, all right, now you can have your kids' phones set up to say between these hours, they can't access these things. And what's bad about that is we could be using that too. I could easily say between the hours of eight and three o'clock, don't let me on Facebook, don't let me on Fortnite, don't let me on any of these things. But the problem is I could just type in the passcode. I could just type in that passcode and just let me on in there anyways. I could put a time limit on there, but do I have the willpower enough to keep myself from doing that? Oh yeah, I I've used those, those before. And the, the times where I decide to put in my own password, I'll even put a password in like, you know, that basically is a password telling me, don't put in this password. And I'm like, whatever. And I'll still put it in. And so then I'm like, you know, what about times that I want to, you know, then I was like, maybe I need someone else to put in the password. So then I'll put it in, uh, you know, and then I get, you know, my wife to help put it in. And then there'll be a time when I actually need to get to it. And especially if, you know, maybe she's at work and I'm here. I'm like, hey, what's the password? I need to get in real quick. Well, then I just deactivate it and then forget to turn it back on, you know, and, and, and that's not helpful, right? And then I've tried, uh, there's another app. It's called Self Control. I think it's only, those of you who are Apple users, this is a cool app. And uh, one of the advice, actually, I was going to, I didn't know if I was going to bring this up or not. But uh, it's really good. It can let you put blacklist websites on to block for a certain amount of time. And uh, the person who told me about it r reminded me that um, if you put something on as like forever blocking it, 
like there's no way to get rid of it like in I forget what it does in the system files but like it's it's extremely difficult to get around and like restarting your computer doesn't restart the block you know so sometimes you have to be careful with it but but I feel like sometimes maybe we do need that accountability you know and you mentioned the the accountability and the parental controls on phones and that's a lot of ways for parents to keep their kids accountable and to keep their kids safe but I wonder why as adults we're so scared of accountability or hearing the word accountability partners because perhaps that can help us overcome laziness having someone who doesn't not micromanaging us but someone who says hey don't forget or hey how's this coming you know maybe that's a mentor you know, I have some mentors uh, that, that I look up to that sometimes do that for me. Now, they're not always doing that for me because, well, they're not responsible for me. But, you know, in, in certain times, they have done that for me, and, and it's been very appreciative of that. But I feel like maybe that could be the key, is accountability. But that also means we have to be invested in one another, which also takes time, which also takes effort. And also means admitting faults. Uh, but I, oh, well, not me. I'm perfect. So, uh, you know, one, one thing I'm, you know, looking at your backdrop and looking at my shirt, you, you remember what it was like the few weeks leading up to Ministry League launching, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. how many, how many boxer messages did we have on there? And one of the things that made it great, though, was because there were so many people depending on what you were doing yeah. with putting resources up. Um, there were so many people that were doing, depending on what Paul was doing and, you know, everyone had someone else depending on them. And so it became less about, well, it doesn't matter if I don't do this or not. It's that they're all counting on me. Yeah. And it's not, it's not exactly the same idea as an accountability partner of someone you can confide in, and they can just, you know, kind of slap you around and set you straight. But just this idea of the things that I'm in charge of right now affect other people. And so that usually can help you more um, with not being lazy on things. Oh, and, you yeah. Know, I know we, and we talked about technology and everything. And I mean, there were before iPhones and computers, there were still ways to become lazy. I mean, I mean, you still had the ball in a cup game, you know, that you could just spend hours playing with. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, technology did not make us lazy for the first time, but it did make it so much easier across a variety of ways to be lazy. Oh, yeah. And, and perhaps it's also because all of us who are involved in the ministry league, we love what we do. And and, I, and we love doing it. And, you know, Paul is, and for those of you who don't know Paul, Paul is a master at finding people who are, have talents and certain abilities in certain places and putting them into a machine and saying, get the job done. You know, he, he, he's a master at doing that. And that's why it, it's so successful is because you have people who are talented, who are passionate about a certain thing or a certain ability or a certain project. And it all comes together. You know, I don't know if you can see this with the background. We'll see what happens. There we go. I've been, I have read this book, and I made our intern read it this year. It's called uh, H3 Leadership Humble. Actually, it's Be Humble, Stay Hungry, and Always Hustle. And one of the chapters 
under the the staying hungry is having uh, developing a habit of passion. And one of the quotes in here says, you don't always get to do what you love. Sometimes you have to force yourself to love what you do. And because uh, when we're not, because there are some things about jobs or some things about things that we have to do that are important, like your honey to-do list you mentioned earlier, that we just don't love. And that's why we kick it down the can. If it was something we really enjoyed doing, well, then we would do it pretty quickly because we would have that desire to do it. And, and in this book, he, he mentioned, you know, it's easy to do the stuff you really enjoy, and that's important, especially when finding your, your role and your passion and your passion project, I guess. But there's some things about getting jobs done and being a leader, and I would even say, and this even goes into being a Christian, that we may not actually really love. You know, we may not really enjoy. And I'm not saying that that should be something we, we stay and live in, but he, but the the mo, I guess this this quote here, and reminding us to force ourselves to love what we're doing, is more of I guess part of a discipline thing. You know, we we've talked about spiritual disciplines here at, at Holly Hill before several times, and some of these aren't comfortable, but the more we do things, we can learn to enjoy doing the hard things, and when it comes to serving others, you know, I, I don't imagine. Some, you know, Jesus enjoyed washing feet, but he loved his disciples and he loved people. So he, he did a hard job because he saw past the actual, I guess, act and saw the, the motive behind it or saw the reason. And I think that's what we need to do when it comes to overcoming laziness is maybe remind ourselves, especially when it comes to serving the Lord and, ser and serving others, that while I may not enjoy this activity, I can enjoy showing Christ. And then that might give us the motivation needed to do something. You know, uh, my dad here said, it's easy to get caught up in the mindset of, I've done enough. I deserve some downtime, and he goes, otherwise known as laziness. And I think that that's a very dangerous slippery slope for sure. Because especially, just like, you know, you mentioned, when we were doing the ministry league, you know, n n this is not to brag on ourselves or not to pat ourselves on the back, but we put in unbelievable amount of hours into this. And uh, there were times where, you know, we were having chats past, you know, midnight. We were having chats past 1 a.m. We had pa chats past 2 a.m. You know, I don't know if Paul slept, you know. <laughs> but, I don't think he did. <laughs> no. But, but there are times where, then after that, there was the temptation to say, for the next week or two, I'm just going to do nothing. Because I'm, I'm tired. Because I was doing, you know, the Holly Hill work. I was, you know, there was right when, you know, COVID happened. So then we're, you know, scrambling to make other things work. You know, getting technology set up that, you know, was, was important. And then having the ministry league all at once. And it's easy for us to say, I've done enough. Now, is there a time where you need to recharge and get re-energized? Well, absolutely. But don't mistake that with then saying, I don't have to do anything anymore. Yeah. And, and I want to add to that while we're talking about yeah. ministry league stuff, that we didn't get everything accomplished on time. No. Well, you know, the, the goal was we're going to get everything out there by May 1st. And my goal with the app stuff was like back in April. And, you know, we didn't get there. I'm still waiting on the Apple TV app because 
well, I'm not going down that rabbit hole. <laughs> but there were so many, there were so many guidelines that were self-imposed that we missed. And, and it wasn't that, oh, well, we're not lazy because we met all these guidelines that we met all of these different things. It was just that even when we fail on those things, we're still working on them. And when you talk about, well, don't I deserve this downtime? And I, you know, you're absolutely right. And that's a problem that, you know, God dealt with at the very beginning, you know, where we have the seventh day that God rested. And then God told his people, you will remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And then when Jesus came and he's telling them all, hey, you've got all these rules, but who among you, if your donkey stumbles, will not draw him up out, you know, yeah. and sitting there and saying, Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And so God and Jesus do recognize there are times that you need to be able to rest, that you need to be able to recharge. Um, but it's always, there is a time for that. And in the instance uh, with the Jewish people and the commandments, it was a very specific day that that was given for them. Yeah. Definitely. And I think part of that is that that slippery slope of, you know, of using the Sabbath and using our, our off days to then become more than just a recharge. It then becomes an, a vacation. Then it becomes an extended vacation. And then it becomes a lifestyle because then it becomes a habit. And if we form a habit of taking downtime, it becomes a habit and not a motivation to get back to work and I'm not and I'm not saying just to look busy or to get menial tasks accomplished you know in this podcast we're talking about under the parameters of serving the Lord and serving his people and uh, and in this book and I know I've mentioned it already once there's a whole chapter on the habit of stick with itness you know because I think laziness comes from when we have that temptation to say this isn't worth it this isn't worth my time, or I can't take this anymore, I deserve downtime, you know, or, oh, look, Fortnite, you know, or, you know, or, or whatever game you like playing. And I just wanted to share, and for those who are in our audience, if you have things that have helped you push through, uh, we would love to hear them, because that's what we want to talk about for the rest of today, is, is, is hitting in just a few tasks, or a few kind of things that can help us to, to push through laziness. And he said to regiment your day. And you mentioned that at the beginning with making a list of, of items that have to get done. And uh, he mentioned removing temptations. We've talked about that, you know, getting rid of things. Maybe saying, hey, I can't be on Facebook right now. You know, one of the things I've discovered is I'm more productive when I don't wake up and check my phone on Facebook or social media, Instagram, TikTok, whatever you're on immediately. Twitter, no one's on Twitter. You know, that's a that's a dark, deep, you know, pit of doom. But, you know, it, when I don't check social media right off the bat, or when I don't check emails right off the bat, it's and I'd start off by saying, let me start by making a to-do list and then doing a quick task first to feel, you know, that sense of I already have something accomplished. Some people start their day by making their bed. I did that for like one week during this this covid stuff when we got a new bed i was all excited so i said i'm gonna start making my bed and i felt super accomplished i was super productive that day because i was like man it's like you know seven o'clock and i've already done three things i feel great 
you know, some of you are like, wow, you, you know, I've been up for a few hours. Not me. But, you know, he mentions crashing through your quitting points. And he mentions runners. And I think that that's the part, for, at least for me, that's hardest to give into. That, that's, I guess, the most tempting to give into laziness. Is when I've worked real hard and then I get to that one point when it's, oh man, it's 2 o'clock. And uh, nap time sure sounds great. Or, no, I don't take naps, so I, I'm using that as an illustration. But more like snack time for me. You know, oh man, it's like snack time right now. And, and I need to do something like this. And then he mentions, uh, how, you know, you know, having goals and stuff like that. So I've found apps that have helped me to make to-do lists where they stay focused. They stay on one screen. Uh, I'm a little overboard with things, so I have three screens in my office. But one screen is just for to-do lists. So I have my operating, my, my double monitors, and then on the side I have everything I need to get, get done today. And when I use it properly, I'm a whole lot more productive and I don't give into that laziness because I can see right in front of me, you have this to do today, you have this to do today, and don't give in. Because if you don't get this done today, I've already pretty much said this is a failure for me. Yeah. What's, what's... And you, you, you brought up running and everything and it's you know there's a reason that we have so many examples in scripture that compare life to a race you know uh i four years ago i ran uh, a marathon with my dad and i had done oh. one by myself the year before i don't recommend them but it's <laughs> it's it's scratched off the bucket list it nearly made me kick the bucket doing it but <laughs> The problem is the, the worst part of it was not race day. The part that was the worst was training for it because okay. you have to run a lot of miles. I mean, you can't just run out and go, oh, I'm going to run 26 today. You've got to do so much prep work. And so I would go down to the park and there's a little track and it's almost a half mile around. Okay. Well, whenever you're having to run 20 miles that day and you've got a half mile track, that's that's 40 plus laps that you're doing. And every like four minutes or so I'm passing my car. I'm like, I could just click this little button, walk right over here, get in my car and drive home. And so what I'd start <laughs> making myself do is leave the park, go down the road a few miles. And it's such a simple thing, but sit there and say to myself, Every mile that I get away from my car is another mile that I absolutely have to do in order to get back to it. And so it became a get away from that and force yourself to do more. And so whenever it's things like this, you know, we talked about, you know, making lists, making lists with a time deadline on it is sometimes it's also, um, you don't have to start off with this huge list. When I started off training, I started off with just doing a mile, yeah. you know, doing a couple of miles and you build your way up. If you are having problems with being lazy, with being unproductive, start with some very small tasks, maybe for the first couple of days, like what you said, make your bed yeah. and then build from that. Uh, otherwise you're going to find yourself becoming so just overwhelmed by everything. Yeah. And, you know, surround yourself with things that remind you of your circumstances, your time. I don't know if you've ever known this or not, but at every single casino, probably in the world, you won't find a clock on the wall. 
you won't find windows yeah. anywhere. They don't want you to know because, how long you've been there. Yeah, they don't want you to have any idea how long you've been in there. So they block out the sun. They don't put a clock on there. And they bring you free drinks so that you can even stay hydrated while you're there. And it's because while you're surrounded with that, you're not doing anything else. You're not going to leave. But if you keep those reminders on you and, you know, simple things like set a little chirp on your watch that every hour will go off. And it, just that little audible reminder of there's another one of these 24 hours in the day that's gone by. What do I still have to do? Yeah. I know, uh, you know, this has been a, a different uh, episode than we normally do. We normally kind of dig deep into, a, a I guess, uh, a topic with looking at a, a lot of uh, uh, different scriptures and stuff. But today we I want it to, to be more about let's discuss laziness and let's discuss you know some practical ways. And I have two that have popped into my head, you know, one of them especially off of what you just said, or two of them off of what you just said, actually. And... Uh, one of them is, uh, you know, you said having that, that alarm on your watch beeping every hour. There is something, and I'm going to mispronounce this pretty epically, but um, it's like the Pomodoro technique. And uh, have you heard of this before? It's, uh, it's wonderful. So basically, it, and I believe it's either 20 or 25 minutes. I think it's 25. So you work for a 25-minute block of time, but you, you turn your phone on silence. You shut the door to your office. No distractions, one task. So don't multitask, one task. 25 minutes, five minute break. And that's one Pomodoro. And after four of those, you get a longer like 15 to 20 minute break. But that forces you to say, I have this one task for 25 minutes. I'm going to work on this. No distractions. If my, if, I get a, if my phone goes off and I get a text message, I'm not going to look at it. And if... And uh, they suggest, the people who have designed this technique of getting stuff done, they suggest if you are interrupted, to start that 25 minutes all over. So, you know, I could just imagine me, and I don't use this personally, but I could just imagine someone walking into my office after 24 minutes, and I'll be like, I gotta start this whole thing over? Yeah, not happening. So that's not for me. I would get really irritated. I also have a hard time not multitasking, and people can correct me and give me lectures about how bad that is all day long, but it is what it is. But what I found helpful is an app called Todoist, and uh, there's a guy that's made, I don't know, hundreds of videos about productivity, and he has what he calls the golden 10. It's the 2 plus 8 rule, so you have your two priority one tasks a day. You mentioned not starting off with a huge long list. And he pretty much keeps this to, you know, you have 10 items a day that, you know, if you don't get done these 10 items, it's been a failure of a day. And uh, so he has, though, his top two items that are his must-do, priority one, urgent matters. And then he has eight other items, priority two, three, and four, I believe, that, you know, need to get done today for today to be successful. And doing 10 items might sound to you like a lot, but it doesn't have to be. And, and to me, when I was doing that and I need to get back into it, those were the most productive days because I had my list and every day I would end and start with reviewing previous day and adding to it to make sure I prioritized my list to get down to 10 items. And sometimes that meant, okay, I can't do this today. Because too often, that's when we get lazy. We get overwhelmed, and we say, there's no hope. 
I just won't do anything. Or we get bogged down into doing menial, pointless tasks to look busy. And then by the end of the day, we've done nothing productive because, well, well, I did research on Facebook looking at, you know, teenagers to, you know, help my ministry. Okay, well, was that helpful for like five minutes? Maybe. Is it helpful for two hours? Probably not. And uh, so I think that's something that, that's very helpful. And I think Michelle here was, was, you know, gets another good point. She says, you never know what opportunities God will put before you to reach out to someone else and share God's word through your own trials through life. So I've been praying for God to show me those opportunities. And I think that's good because that means, you know, if, if we're not open to that and we're not willing to, to get busy and look after opportunities and we're using our time to do pointless things, then we, we won't use those opportunities uh, for God. And it uh, looks like Candace has, has made some comments. I think you're reading them, and uh, <laughs> too. <laughs> and uh, she's saying, you know, she grew up with one of the hardest working men alive, a cowboy. <laughs> and if he saw us laying around, uh, he would say, you got nothing to do? Uh, think again. And promptly found us to do something. And it helped her realize that she could always be doing something to help her family or others. And uh, he and, and her mom always set a good example on how not to be lazy. And I think that's good is for us to, and kind of what Michelle and Candace are both saying, is to pray and look for opportunities to help others and have that desire. And back to the book, making ourselves understand and, and develop a passion for serving others can help us to overcome laziness, I think. And, and Candace is not exaggerating. I don't think her parents know how to be lazy. Um, <laughs> you, you talk about feeling guilty whenever you go on like vacation with them even. <laughs> like, yeah. But you know, you know, it's, and, and it comes down to something that, you know, Paul wrote, um, you know, in Colossians, he says, whatever you do, work with all your heart as though you're working for God, not for human masters. Yeah. And, and I think that that's, that's one thing is if we sit down and if we treat everything as though this is for God, I mean, if I sit down and I say, well, it's okay if I didn't get this task done today, it's just my bed. I'm the one that sleeps in it. Who cares? But if you treat everything as I didn't get this task done that God asked me to do. Yeah. Then, I mean, it's just, it, it's a frame of mind that you have going on, but at the same time, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the truth. Yeah, you know, pick pick the tasks that are important to you and maybe even that you know that God has asked you to do. Now, there are some tasks that would be okay if you didn't get done. Like, oh, I didn't, you know, get this done, but, you know, that's, you know, that's part of that making that priority list. But once you have your list or your, your tasks, it's what you, you're saying, what Paul's saying, then do it to the best of your ability and get it done because you're working for God. And uh, one of the things, and I guess we'll end on this unless unless you have something else to add. And uh, one of my biggest pet peeves, and I feel like it's one of our ways to excuse ourselves for being lazy and for not working to the best of our abilities, which is a way to glorify God, is the phrase, well, it's good, good enough for government work. And uh, when I first heard that, my mind exploded. I was like, that's got to be the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. You know, and I like to also exaggerate for those of you who don't know. And uh, but when I heard that, 
they were doing something. They're like, oh, good enough for government work. And I'm looking at it going, but it that's not right. You know, is that the best we can do? They're like, that's ah, good enough. And I'm like, hold up. And, and as Christians, I don't think we should ever utter those words. It's good enough for government work. Because Paul said, whatever you do, do as for the Lord. We're not doing good enough for government work. We're doing, would God be pleased with what I've done? And I think that's something that we can ask ourselves at the end of the day. Would God be pleased with how I used my time? Was I a good steward of the time he gave me to benefit the kingdom and to benefit him? And if the answer is no, then we need to fix that. I don't know. Any thoughts okay. before we... <laughs> well, just, just one kind, kind of on that thought right there is... Um, you say, well, I'm the only one that, you know, it's, it's, if it's good enough for me, it's good enough. And there are passages we have that talk about our leadership, our elders, that they must be well thought of at the gates. Mm -hmm. And the idea is there that these are people who are supposed to be, even to those outside of the church, still well thought of. And if you are viewed by other people as ones who they can't ever get anything done, they're lazy, they don't want to work, then what chances do you have to then go and talk to them about the things that do matter to more than just you? Because you're sitting there going, well, why should he care? He, he cares about my soul. He doesn't even care about how his, you know, front yard looks because he never mows it. And so, I mean, I think there are times that that stuff trickles down and can create um, situations and unexpected results. Definitely. And I think that, that's kind of why this is such an important this is why this is such an important topic because people do recognize when we're faking being productive and they realize laziness. And if people don't respect us and we're not investing in others, which is you know part of what we've been talking about, not being lazy in our investment of others, then when we go take the gospel to them, there is no foundation. There is no sense of respect because we haven't acted respectable. We haven't acted like we actually care about others like we should. Well, Tyler, anything else? Any last comments before we tell everybody goodbye? Well, I mean, there's still no sports to watch. So, I mean, now is the perfect time to work on not being lazy absolutely it, you you not you won't get distracted by baseball for at least a what couple more weeks uh, i don't know how long but you know then it's only 60 games so it's you know and you can't go to the games and so i don't know if they're even going to be fun watching you know it will we'll see uh, i'm going to keep my mouth shut before i make some of our viewers a little bit upset but um it's been fun and uh a different uh type of uh podcast today but I hope everyone realizes the importance of doing things to the best of your ability and looking to God for strength and finding ways to be productive so that maybe we can save time to do more work for the kingdom to help and serve others. I'm your host, Jonathan Germany. Got with me Tyler Brassfield. We are with the Ministry League. I didn't say it this time, so I'm good. The Ministry League, and uh, we're so glad to have all of you here. Uh, these videos are brought to you by Holly Hill, Church of Christ, and of course, the Ministry League here, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central. We'll see you guys next week. Have a great week.